Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It, The Life and Times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse. But whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Well, hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It. As always, I want to start off with saying thank you. I really appreciate this whopping number of 20-plus people that are listening to my podcast. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how much longer this lasts, but I enjoy doing them. They're fun. I'm, I'm sure that eventually they'll become a matter of the record, and I'm not sure what kind of record because it is to hear me tell it, and I've known to embellish a few stories in my day. So I'm going to get right to it. Try to keep it short as possible so folks will listen to it at least. But this is going to be a little story about a situation and an event that occurred when my wife and I were newlyweds. We were young folks married. Now, for those who do know this, and I think everybody that listens probably knows this, but I married a Yankee. Yes, I did. I married a Yankee. Disappointed in my daddy. My daddy rarely called Laura by her first name. He called a Yankee girl and it pissed her off to no avail. Imagine that. But I, uh, I met Laura in the Navy. And she was a sailor. She did her five years, served with honor, got her got her honorable discharge, she got her uh, good conduct medal, and she she raised her hand. You know what? And she served uh, with the best of us. But anyway, so I I come back from a deployment in Keflavik, Iceland, in uh, March of 1987. Immediately proposed to my bride. She said yes on day two. Not many folks don't know this. I asked my wife to marry me. And she said, can I let you know later? Now, I know today these young folks, man, they plan it. They make it like an event. It becomes a social media episode. They got photographers. They got it all planned out. Hell, we didn't have a ring. We didn't have no money. We have nothing. We was laying on the damn floor watching Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines and running scared. And I just rolled over and I said, hey, what do you think we ought to get married? She said, I don't know. I'll let you know tomorrow. You believe that? I kid you not. That's the way it worked out. So the next day, I ain't going to tell you all the stuff. Anyway, the next day she said yes in a, in a roundabout way. But I'll tell you, anyway, maybe I will say that one day. I don't know. But anyway, so we get, we get, we get engaged in March. We ain't got two nickels to rub together. And we, I mean, seriously, we ain't got no damn money. And we, had to, we made our invitations. Laura hand drew or hand wrote and drew the little artsy stuff. On a piece of paper, we took it to a copying store and made copies. That was our invitations. Today, people spend hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on damn invitations. And she wore, get this now, the, the wedding dress that my wife wore when we got married used to be, it was the wedding dress of my wife, I mean of my sister. It was her old wedding dress. So that was the dress that she wore. So anyway. So we get engaged in March, and then I got to bring her to meet mom and daddy in Butler, Georgia. So Laura flies to Atlanta Airport, and I pick her up, and this was May of 87. I remember because it was just a few days later when the USS Stark was attacked uh, by those Iranian uh, aircraft launching those exorcist missiles at them. But I bring Laura to, to... to the south for the first time. Now, she was stationed in Key West, Florida, but that don't count. That ain't the south, and that Miami ain't the damn south. I'm talking about 
a poverty tour in, in the deep south. So I pick her up at the airport, and we, we head on down south, and we get to Thomaston, Georgia. I said, well, let's stop and get something to eat. So we stopped at the old Sizzling Steakhouse in Thomaston, Georgia. Get in there, and Laura's looking around. Man, her eyes are like saucers, and she's like culture shock. She's seen a lot of stuff she ain't never seen before. Matter of fact, when we was going down the road, she pointed at a, at a shack. She said, does somebody live there? I said, yeah. She goes, that's, that, that can't be so. People don't live in houses like that. I go, they do down here. Welcome to the South, darling. So uh, anyway, so we're in line there at the Sizzling Steakhouse and going through the line, and she's looking at the menu board, and she's flustered and don't know what to do. And I was like, hell, man, just order a steak. I mean, how bad can it be? Just order a steak. And she orders a steak. And we get up there to that other gal who's asking all the other stuff you want. You know, and, and and the lady looks at Laura and she said, Honey, you want some steak? You want no, I'm sorry, let me start over. She said, Honey, you want some bread with that? And Laura just stared at her. Of course, there's a line, there's people behind us, and everybody's trying to move along, you know. And the woman said, Honey, honey, you want some bread with that? And Laura looked at me and she said, What is she saying? I said, The lady's asking you if you want some bread with that. She goes, That's what she said. I said, Yeah, that's what she said. So that was her first encounter of the southern deep south slang. And uh, anyway, so we, we get on down to Butler, Georgia and, and whatnot, and she meets mom and daddy, and daddy calls her Yankee girl, thinks it's funny, and it pisses her off. And then that was the biggest mistake she made was to let daddy know that it pissed her off because that's what Bob Daniels called my wife uh, for the rest of the time. He called her Yankee girl. And boy, did it piss her off immensely. But that's what he did. He called her Yankee girl. I said, daddy, would you call her by her name? He goes, well, I do call her by her name. I go, no, you don't. You call her Yankee Girl. He goes, well, that's what she is. So anyway, that was Bob Daniels. So uh, in, in in this time frame, we're at the house. Mama calls Laura into the kitchen. Says, darling, you need to come in here. I need to show you something. So, and there's a couple of things in the kitchen at, at Eleanor Daniels' house. My wife, till this day, still can't wrap her head around. And here's a couple of them. Is that you can make toast well, Mama, Mama always made toast in the oven. She didn't use a toaster. The only time Eleanor Daniels toasted bread was if we was having cream tuna on toast. That was it. That was it. Mama never toasted bread. You know, it was it was like unsouthern. You don't toast bread, especially a good fresh slice of sunbeam bread. You don't toast bread to make a sandwich ever. Although I love my toast, I love my toasted sandwiches. But that's just something Mama never did. So the only time she ever put bread in a toaster was if we was having cream tuna on toast. Son, I love cream tuna on toast. And I'll tell you right now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, my mama taught my wife how to make cream tuna on toast, and she mastered it, and I love it. Man, I'm hungry now. We ain't had it in a while, but I love cream tuna on toast. But anyway, mama toasted all the bread in the oven, and, and she would just lay it all on a pan. She put five little spots of butter. She put it on broil put it in there, and then you watched it, and you you made sure it was brown just perfect. You didn't do the other side. You just did one side. And that one-sided toast that Mama would make in an oven was excellent for putting applesauce on. And, I mean, it was good. Put cold, fresh applesauce on a piece of that toast. That was the best. And then that's the way she did the, the cinnamon toast. You know, she did it the same way. And I asked Mama one day, I said, Mama, I said, why do you, why do you always cook the toast in the, in the oven? She said, well, that's what we always did. I said, what do you mean it was what we always did? She goes, that's why we heated the house. You know, that was a good way to heat the house. I said, oh, okay. Anyway, so Mama, Mama invites Laura into the kitchen. 
she said, honey, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to watch me make some greens. So mama was making some greens and she commenced to tell Laura that, you know, she cut off a piece of strickling, she threw strickling meat in there. And she told her, see, that was for seasoning and how much salt to put in there and whatnot. And that's what, that's what mama did. And that's, and that's, and she showed her. So Laura took that all in. And it was a couple, there's a couple other things. Laura couldn't understand how you could, you know, fry up some, uh, some country cured ham and then just leave it on a plate in the kitchen for days. Just let it sit on the counter for days. Mama would do that. Mama made biscuits, toast, ham, and sausages. Mama would make them. They'd sit, they'd sit on a plate on the, and on the stove or right there on the, uh, yeah, on the stove for, for quite a period of time. She didn't understand that. She didn't understand what that little silver thing was that Mama poured the bacon drippings in. That's the, that's the, that's the bacon grease trap. And uh, did it have a smell? Yeah. Did it uh, did it go anywhere? Nope. But it was there for your convenience for for cooking. So but anyway, so Laura and I we get married, and we had to get married uh, at a at a Air Force chapel at Pease Air Force Base. We got married in uh, in August of '87, and Laura is a was born and raised a devout Catholic. And her her mama side of the family is full blooded one hundred percent of Italianos, man. Come from the the uh, lineage of the Nardellis and the Gayuntas. But uh, Laura's grandmama and granddaddy, uh, Frankie and Olga Nardelli from Brockton, Mass, were were fine people. That's all I can tell you. They were fine, fine people. They were great Americans. And I and I love Frankie and I love Olga. They were good people. Good people. I love my mother in law. She's a good woman. Miss Shirley's a good woman. She's alive. She's 84. And um, but anyway, so we we uh, we couldn't get married in the Catholic Church because the Catholic priest wouldn't marry us. And the reason the Catholic priest wouldn't marry us is because that uh, that when Laura and I went for our first meeting at this Catholic church, I guess it was in I don't know where it was. I don't know if it was in uh, South Berwick or North Berwick or. Kidder, I don't know where it was. It was somewhere near Laura. We went to this church. We met with this Catholic priest, and we were sitting in there talking to him, and, and I was going to have to attend a series of classes to, to get on board with the Catholicism stuff. And I just old Southern Baptist. I didn't know what the hell it was. But uh, we're at that first meeting with that old fella, and I think you call him Father something. And he gets all invasive and start asking us questions about, you know, how we're going to raise our kids. And he said that, you know, it was his understanding, and it was it was conditional that we had to, uh, I don't know, not confess, but we had to basically agree, and we had to sign something too, but we had to agree that we was going to raise our children in the eyes of the Catholic Church. And I hesitated, but Laura didn't. She said, "No, we're not." And the priest was like, "What?" She goes, "We're not. We're not agreeing to that." She goes, "We'll raise our children to be Christians." And uh, there was a couple more things said, but pretty much that, that wrapped up that conversation, and we left on went on our way to go home to tell the sad news to her mom and daddy, and her really her uh, Italian grandmom and granddaddy that we were not going to be married in Catholic church. Well, you would have thought we confessed to being gay or something. I don't know. It it was just oh my gosh, but they got over it. They got past it, as did we, and so we found uh, an Air Force colonel at Pease Air Force Base, and the old boy's name was Bradley B. Burns. He was happy to marry us, and uh, that's what it was. And me and Laura didn't have no money, 
And our uh, thank goodness, uh, our our uh, father-in-law and my mother-in-law footed the bill because we had our little old reception over there at the uh, the enlisted Air Force Club on base. So anyway, so we get married and we head on uh, head on down to to Jacksonville, Florida for our first tour of duty. And li- listen to this now: we got married in August of '87, and it was hot that day. I mean, man, it was a scorcher. It was hot. And it was humid, and it was hot. I'm going to tell you one more time, it was hot. And the Air Force Chapel there, a uh, little bitty old place, didn't have no AC. There was no AC, so all the doors were open, trying to get a cross draft going through there. Our Raider from Albany, Georgia, was my best man, and Doug McCray was one of my groomsmen. He's from, he's from uh, Baltimore. And, and Doug and I were standing there next to me. I looked over at them, and, man, Doug was sweating. There wasn't a spot on his face that didn't have a bead of water on it, and I was sweating. Al leans over and says, J.D. I said, what? He said, there's sweat running down my back into my drawers. He goes, there's sweat running down my legs. My socks are wet. There's there's so much sweat running into them. I said, I know, man, it's hot in here. And about that time, a, a rainstorm come. And, I mean, it was a bottom-out gully washer for all of about three to five minutes. I mean, it poured, and it was like a switch or a valve. It turned off. And all of a sudden, whew, the sun was out. And, buddy, you talking about hot and humid then? It was like standing in a freaking sauna. Man, we were sweating. But anyway, we got married and whatnot, and we had a reception and whatnot, and, and Laura's grandmama rang that damn spoon against that glass 6,487 and a half times to make me kiss Laura in front of everybody. And that was okay because I didn't mind kissing on my new bride. But uh, we, we get in Laura's car. And I don't, and I, you know, I've been in Iceland, so I didn't know much about Laura's car, and it was it was pleasant weather uh, until then. And and I had a truck, and everywhere we went, when I came back from Iceland, we was in my truck, which had AC. And I learned on my drive away from the damn reception is that my wife's car doesn't have air conditioning. That's when I learned that we drive we driving out of there, man. I'm punching buttons. I'm like, how do you turn the air C- AC on? She says it doesn't have AC. And I, I looked at her and said, you're, you're not serious. She goes, yeah. I said, we got to drive to Jacksonville, Florida. It's in the summer. We're moving to Jacksonville, Florida, and you got a car that doesn't have AC. She goes, nope. So it was a long drive, and you can bet your ass, first thing we did when we got to Jacksonville, Florida, we traded that wonderful Ford Escort for a, uh, a Honda Accord, a little blue Honda Accord that, d- that did have AC. Didn't have no whistles, no bells. It was a Honda Accord, nothing. It wasn't an LX, DX, TX, ST, nothing. It was a blue Honda Accord. And you had to manually push the locks up and down. And if you wanted to open the windows, it was just like old school. You had a damn knob and you cranked it. There was nothing, whistles and bells, but it had air conditioning. So anyway, that's anyway. So we get on down there to Jacksonville, Florida. We live in actually living in Orange Park. And my lovely bride is is uh she's working on cooking me up some stuff and I think she'd already cooked uh cream tuna on toast once or twice and she and she did a fine job at it fine job I think she, maybe she called mom and asked or something but she made a she did a great job did a great job so then my wife takes it upon herself she's gonna cook some greens so I'm at work and we've got to keep in mind now we're all a whopping 25 years old so Laura goes to the Piggly Wiggly in Orange Park Florida and she's looking for some strickling because that's what mama told her to put into the greens and Laura can't find it. She's going back and forth and pacing. I'm just telling the story as I say it. But she's going back and forth looking and looking and looking, and she can't find it. So finally she has to humble herself and 
submit to the fact that she don't she don't she don't see it. So she buzzes that old buzzer, and that old dude comes out of the back. Uh, he says, you know, something to the effect of, "Ma'am, can I help you?" And she said, "Yeah." She said, "I'm cooking my husband some greens, and I'm looking for that stuff called strychnine." He said, "You're looking for what?" She said, "You know, stuff you put in greens, strychnine for seasoning." He said, "Hold tight here, lady." And he goes and he gets two other fellers, and they come back out of the meat market, and they all got this look on their face. And Laura probably getting defensive, but he said, "Tell these old boys what you just told me." She said, "Listen, I ain't from the South, and I really don't know much about this, but my mother-in-law told me I needed strychnine to put in my husband's greens to make it taste right." And they all started laughing. Laura got pissed, and then they said, "No, no, no! Wait a minute! Wait a minute, ma'am! You probably mean strychnine." She said, "Well, whatever you call it, I don't know what it is, but where the hell is it?" So she gets some. And I'm going to tell you all right now, when I grew up working in that grocery store, the butler red and white all them years, cutting all that damn meat, which I hated with a passion. I'll tell you all right now, Bob Daniels made me cut meat. I hated it. Couldn't stand it. Can't get the smell off of you. But I never knew why it was called strickling. And it was one of them words that means strick, uh, a streak of lean. It's a damn piece of fat back that's got a little thin piece of, of beef in it, or not beef, but lean meat in it. And Daddy always just said it fast, strickling. And I thought I thought that was a word. It's like when I was little and I'd lay on the floor and watch the Wild Kingdom, uh, sponsored by the Mutual of Omaha, and, you know, the wonderful world of Walt Disney. And, and one of them fellers on there would be talking about who sponsored the program, and he would say, brought to you by. I thought that was a word. I didn't know he was saying brought to you by. It was just a word brought to you by. And I I thought that that was just meant that's who, you know, was the, the, the commercial was about. Brought to you by. Yes, I did. And it was years. It was years later before I figured that out. I don't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't ashamed to say it. Hell, I didn't know. But anyway, so my lovely bride, us being married just a couple of months, had to go to the grocery store to Piggly Wiggly in Orange Park, Florida, and have to go through the shame alley of asking them fellers where the strychnine was, and she didn't she didn't know that she was talking about poison, and uh, they made fun of her, and she was mad. I got home and I got I got to what for from her about you know y'all the way y'all talk in the South and all these words and whatnot, and at least we pronounce our R's. That's all I can say. And and my mother-in-law, I love my mother-in-law. I love her to death. Miss Shirley's a good woman. She's 84 years old. She's been through a lot this year. This 2022 was a tough year for Shirley. And uh, she, she stands strong, man, and, and I pray for her every day. I do. I pray for her every day. My wife prays for her repeatedly. But uh, she she is not only a, a Maynard, but she is a Bostonian Maynard and an Italian on top of that. And old girl can't pronounce the letter R for nothing. She says, ah. And I don't know what I is, but it ain't R. So uh, I've, I've learned just to keep my mouth shut. Uh, I, don't, I don't say much anymore because it makes her mad. And I, and I understand. I shouldn't be poking fun at it because I've done it so long. And I finally I just quit because I, I could tell her it made her mad. And it got under her skin when I would say something, whether she was saying drawer or car or park or dark or dart. Uh, oh, let me tell you this story on time. She was, she was telling me this story. This was years ago. She was telling me this story about how she bought this gift for her grandchildren. And she was tell, telling me about it. And she said she bought them a dot board. 
And and I remember just sitting there looking at her. I said, you, you bought him a what? She said, you know, a dot board. And I thought, and honestly, y'all, I ain't kidding you. I, di- I didn't know what the hell that was. I said, what do you mean? Dot board. I said, actually, I said dot board. I said dot board. I said, is that one of them games you throw those little Velcro balls and it sticks on the on the board? She goes, no, dots. I said, I don't understand. How do you throw a dot? She goes, and she started doing her hand. And I realized she wasn't saying dots. She was saying darts. And I kid y'all not, I actually actually did not know she was saying dart. But she was saying dart. She pronounced it dot, dot, dot board. And anyway, so anyway, it's just one of the many times I'm not really sure what she says. But now I'm starting, I can figure it out. So when she says like, you know, is it is it dark outside? And a lot of the Yankees don't say is it dark outside. They says they they'll say it's a dark out. And I'm just like I didn't know what the hell that was. So, but they they didn't they don't say fixing either. So it don't make a difference. Anyway, all right, that's all I got. It's already been 20 minutes. Hey, uh, thank y'all again for listening to my podcast. And if you got an iPhone, it's podcast. And if you got an Android, you need to download the app called Spotify. I had to help my mother-in-law this week, a uh, matter of fact, or last week. I had to help my mother-in-law download Spotify because she wasn't getting my podcast. Or you can just go to Buzzsprout uh, and just go to the website, Buzzsprout, and search on either to hear me tell it or, or Jerry Daniels. You can find it. And I do ask y'all, please listen, uh, subscribe, follow, like, uh, thumbs up, smiley face, whatever. But equally as important is share it with other folks. Uh, maybe they'll get some out of it. Hell, I don't know. But it'll be a good record. It's going to be a good matter of record for my kids and my grandkids, I guess. So I'm going to wrap it up. It's already been past 20 minutes. And thank you all again. God is great. We live in a great country. We have a wonderful, wonderful, loving, gracious, forgiving Lord who is just. And uh, I'm going to quote my great friend, retired U.S. Navy Warrant Officer Mike Coker from Elgin, South Carolina. And you all know what he's going to tell you when he signs off. He's going to say, bicycle. <laughs>